0: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Katz and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. And
1: we have some breaking news.
0: Breaking News, WABC. I
1: understand that the FBI has uh, yes. taken all of Mayor Adams'
2: electronic devices. This is big news, John. I mean, um, listen, we've got wow. Gov- Governor
1: Patterson here, Judge Weinberg. That doesn't happen to a major mayor of of a major city without White
2: House permission. Yeah, and John, you're just to give some details, the New York Times is reporting that the devices, at least two cell phones and an iPad, were taken days after, of course, his fundraiser uh, had the visit from the FBI. Um, so that is an enormous deal. Apparently they've been returned, but obviously they got the information. And to your point, John, the fact that I, a mayor I, of the I, biggest I, city had this happen, wow. I, I mean, I
1: don't think the FBI would do that on their own. Uh, Judge uh, Weinberg and G- Governor
2: Patterson, what say you guys? What do you think of Patterson? Uh, this is extraordinary. Well, it's one of those situations <clears throat> where they may have
3: had something they were looking for, and that's how they get the subpoena to be able to do that. But in looking, they may might find something out that they're not looking for. That's why you never want anyone taking you know, your electronical equipment.
2: And Judge Weinberg, this is a really big deal. You have the mayor of New York City, uh, the biggest city in America, a very high profile individual. You don't just take his devices. This is an extraordinary move. I'll tell you, someone in the press, uh, as soon as I saw this, my eyes went, oh my gosh. Okay.
4: Well, let me, let me tell you my opinion based on what I've, I've read. Number one, it is an extraordinary move. And I think John is correct. There was a lot of political winking. Coming out of higher him. higher authorities at the Justice Department, they just didn't do this. Whether there's a connection to the White House, I don't know, but certainly the highest levels of the Justice Department involved. That's well, number it ha- one. It
1: had to be the Attorney General, right? Exactly. And when it has to, and when it goes to the mayor of a major city, or I think the same thing happened to governor, governor Cuomo, when it goes to the governor of the state of New York,
4: somebody has to give permission. I agree, but the second point I want to make on this is just because they did this, they ex. Executed a search warrant on the uh, seizure and recorded the uh, device doesn't mean that uh, Eric Adams did anything wrong. He's entitled to a presumption of innocence and the burden of production, persuasion and proof on this is on the government, not on uh, Eric Adams. Absolutely right.
2: And also, by the way, uh, Adams also, his office just put out a statement and also said, obviously, say? it says, you know, we will cooperate where, you know, obviously we, they understand why different things happen. Well, we're telling me and my staff, everybody will fully cooperate. Well, but I, it, you just don't do it. I mean, I that's a pretty big deal.
1: I personally hope that, uh, uh, that he's innocent and there's nothing happening because.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I I do too. Um, for him, for the city of of New York, everything. I like Eric
1: and, you know,
2: hey, he hasn't done a, a,
1: you know.
4: 100% great job, but... But he's committed to he's saving to the city. Know,
2: I think the one good, thing I have to say about, about Eric Adams. Adams... I was about to say, you some want, of the other choices, uh, well, you'll take I Eric mean, you Adams. Want,
4: do you really want to have a left-wing progressive running the city?
2: Yeah, you're talking about uh, uh, the uh, alternative, who would come in. Exactly right. 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 This is well, a, a few minutes ago, uh, at 4 o'clock before
1: sundown, uh, Rabbi Potashnik called in, and let's hear Rabbi Potashnik, and he's home now... Observing the, uh, the Sabbath. The Sabbath. Um, let's hear Rabbi Potashnik. With uh, us this afternoon is Rabbi Potashnik. And he's calling in, in advance before sundown. Rabbi Potashnik, thank you for calling in. And uh, we're going to be playing this after sundown. But uh, anti-Semitism. Things are out of control. And you're my rabbi. And and I want to know your thoughts because you have such common sense I'm sitting here with Rita, uh, and Rita, you have a couple
2: other items. Yeah, we got some big news, uh, and in fact, he's my rabbi too, John, okay? Yes, so he's yes. everybody's rabbi. Yes. Um, but Rabbi uh, Potasnik, uh, huge news just broke. Uh, Columbia University has suspended two student groups. These are po- pro-Palestinian groups saying they sort of violated rules of uh, assembly, also that they have threatening dialogue. This is the first time we've heard of any university in America you know, suspending groups that have been spewing anti-Semitic hate. Your thoughts?
5: Well, finally, first of all, let me say thank you to the two of you and so many at WABC because we've learned that a friend walks in when others walk out. And we've seen who stands with us, and we also see who doesn't stand with us. Columbia University finally uh, became mature and did the right thing because for too long the students were running the university, not the university running the students. So uh, it's high time that we have some standards here. And when people violate those standards, they should have consequences. You can't get away with it. That has to be the message.
1: And, and there's some people uh, uh, from Colombia even objected to me having uh, 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 Alan Dershowitz on my uh, show. I mean, enough is enough. How can they even do that? I mean, he's
2: the, he is one of the best lawyers, and he's a straight arrow. And he voted for Biden. I mean, this is a guy who is a very straight arrow, calls it like he sees it.
5: They only want people who, you know, agree with their side. They don't want anybody who in any way can criticize or condemns them. This is a sad state of affairs because we always thought when you get education, you become smart. But what we didn't realize is when you become smart, you're not necessarily moral. So we may have some smart people, but we have immoral people. Uh, But look back at the Holocaust. Didn't smart people build the, the camps, the engineers? Didn't smart people develop the laws, the Nuremberg laws? They were lawyers. So, having a degree by itself without decency uh, doesn't doesn't get you where you need to be
6: as a human being.
2: And uh, Rabbi Potasnik, uh, to that end, and I, uh, smart but sick but smart, obviously, uh, those folks in World War II, you know, as we're talking about um, what's cracking down on anti-Semitism, I was happy to see the NYPD has finally arrested apparently two people, one is a woman who threw coffee uh at Jewish protesters or Jewish, I should say, supporters. The other was someone who like grabbed a star of David off somebody else. But it's it has to be sort of like this physical altercation. Do you think like law enforcement and others should step up and try to crack down and say if you're tearing down a poster or if you're saying something anti Semitic, should we go further?
5: Of course. Rita how sick is it? People don't tear down a poster if it's a missing dog. And yet when hostages are being taken, they'll tear down the posters. I think we have to learn that the law has to be enforced. And once you let people get away with it, we see what happens. They can do anything they want. And all of a sudden, Jews are hiding, you know, in a library or in a dining hall. Or uh, Students are being threatened physically. There's a student who said to me, just imagine that the person sitting next to in class wants to kill me. And the professor standing in front of me agrees with that student. What are we teaching? What are we turning out? And where's the money come that these institutions receive? Where's it coming from that they're able to have all these departments that uh, teach this propaganda?
2: Yeah, it, it is incredible. I, I mean, what do you think about people who are saying, you know, pull the tax-exempt status, pull some of the money, at least what can be controlled? I mean, some of these schools are obviously private. It's different. But do we need to start doing this? By the way, there's also another thing, Rabbi that a um it's a town, I think it's in Canada. They are looking at finding people who tear down these hostage posters a thousand dollar fine because they find it so unseemly like we do. Is there something that Good. should be done?
5: Absolutely. And by the way, I'm very proud of the Jewish benefactors who are withholding their money, who are saying to universities, not one dime anymore, uh, because look at what you're doing uh with the money we gave you, look at what you're turning out hate mongers uh against us. So Thank God for that. Look at that. They have all these Jewish names on buildings. So stop supporting these institutions that don't support us in any way. As a matter of fact, stand against us and uh, threaten our safety.
1: I am going to stop supporting institutions that are supporting, uh, uh, anti, uh, not supporting our, our Jewish friends and supporting anti-Semitic uh, uh, people. And uh,
5: well, God bless New York.
1: Me. We need help in New York. Thank you for your blessings, Rabbi. Thank,
5: thank you, Rabbi. Thank you so much. Thanks for always being there. Bye-bye. Thank
2: you. Great to have him. And by the way, Judge Weinberg, isn't it great that Columbia University has suspended these two groups that were spewing hate? I hope the other schools start following suit. Well, you heard what
1: uh, what I said to the rabbi. It's somebody at Columbia uh, was objecting to me having
2: Alan Dershowitz on the radio show. I mean, that's crazy. I that mean, is crazy, John.
4: The fact of the matter is, there is freedom of speech, but there is something else called hate speech, which is not constitutionally protected. Well, that's uh, when you start hating Alan Dershowitz, that is hate speech. That's what I mean. Okay, the most, and that person, there is no such thing. There is yeah. no such thing as saying First Amendment is absolute. Hate speech is
2: prohibited. Well, let's see. Hopefully other colleges will do the same and suspend other groups like this. Now, too.
1: I understand today we're celebrating, uh, Veterans Day and we're celebrating for three days, uh, tunnel to tower. Uh, we're asking for contributions because they do so much great work. This morning I was on, uh, with Sid and, uh, uh Frank, Frank Siller, Siller, the great and, Frank and Siller and Sid Rosenberg. And we have a two minute clip. To honor Frank Silla because he, he's doing phenomenal work uh, for uh, Tunnels to Towers. And, and veterans, veterans, veterans Day. Yep, Veterans it's Day. It's a three-day celebration. And, you'll go, you'll, and Rita, you'll tell us. You go to Tunnels to Towers and make a donation if you want to help our veterans. 100% of the money goes into uh, goes helping to help, veterans. Absolutely. Let's take, they take that two-minute clip. When we knew Veterans Day was coming this weekend... On Saturday, and we're going to be celebrating Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's no better organization for veterans to recognize than Tunnel to Tower. They do so much, and and they help uh, veterans so much. And there was no there was nobody in second place. I mean, you, we said we have to do Tunnel to Tower. Uh, collect as much as we can collect uh, through WABC uh, uh, website and through our. Uh, listeners and, and whatever else we're, we're giving ourselves. And there's nobody in second place. You know, Frank Siller and Tunnel to Tower had first, second, and third place at the same time.
5: I agree with you. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation calls on Fortune 500 companies and professional sports teams to pledge support for the Homeless Veteran Program. First of all, Frank Siller, thank you for all you do for New York, for this country, for the veterans, for the cops. The work that you do. I know you're a humble guy, Frank, but today, listen, stick your chest out, man. You do incredible, incredible work. I know you're calling on other people to help you again today. So, A, congratulations. And B, tell us about this latest effort.
7: Well, thanks for having me on, Sid and John. Always thank you for your generosity. Look, we're blessed that we, so many of our listeners, and so many of our donors love America. (laughs) That's it. You know, when they love America, they come to support uh, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. So this year alone, we took 3,000 homeless veterans off the streets, and we also get them the wraparound services that they need. And listen, even though we did the homeless veterans today, you know, this weekend we rolled it out for Veterans Day, I want everyone to know that you know that we'll continue to do what we do for Catastrophic injured service members, Gold Star, Widows and Fallen First Responders, Widows that have the Loved ones die in the line of duty that leave young kids behind, and to prove we're doing it, we delivered fifty mortgage-free homes today. Oh, wow. wow. All really right, look 50 at that—fifty mortgage-free, awesome. Homes, 20, Twenty-six different states. So, wow! And it's, it's interviews like this. It's uh, WABC radio, and uh, John and Margo and Chad and you guys are just—you're just a you, you're, you're just, uh, great supporters, and I can't thank you enough to get the message out there because there's a lot of work. We have a lot of work ahead of us.
1: Wow. 50 homes they delivered today.
2: Rita, uh, tell tell everybody where to make a hundred make a contribution. Yeah. Council to ab- Towers. Absolutely. And by the way, also 3,000 vets off the streets, uh, homeless vets off the streets, uh, that they're helping. This, the, this organization is so great. So all of you are great 77 WABC listeners. Make sure you support the veterans and their families this Veterans Day and every day. Uh, by donating to Tunnels to Towers Foundation. All you have to do, it's really easy, John. Go to wabcradio.com slash T2T, number two, T2T, to donate to the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. And also... 77WABC uh, we're proud to support the Lee Greenwood Concert Experience uh this Sunday November 12th you can send a veteran and their guest to see the great Lee Greenwood's All-Star Concert Experience and receive a DVD for yourself for a $50 donation and also learn more and support a veteran now at adoptavet.com Thank you Rita let's go I right hear some breaking news we got John Solomon
0: calling in Breaking News, WABC.
1: With us today is John Solomon, justinnews.com, and he's got some breaking news for us. John, what the heck is going on?
8: Oh, there's a lot going on, particularly in Hunter Biden's world. We are learning a lot more about the the state and nature of the ongoing criminal case against him. Uh, Overnight, News broke the story that um, Hunter Biden's tax accountant is now a cooperative witness with the IRS agents and the FBI and the prosecution. And then he told this extraordinary story that while Joe Biden was out on the campaign trail in 2020 telling people, I'm fighting for tax fairness. I'm going to make wealthy people pay their fair share of taxes. His son had an operation going on behind the scenes trying to hide or pay off uh, large millions of dollars in delinquent taxes so it wouldn't become a scandal. But the accountant himself said, hey, Hunter Biden was misleading me. He was misstating his income, misstating I had trouble trusting and In fact, my firm didn't trust him. They made him sign a special agreement promising he would tell us the truth. Uh, but that sort of witness could be a very important person for the prosecution should Hunter Biden get charged again. And then the question is, will he get charged again? Just a little bit ago, I got a chance to review some of the testimony of uh, David Weiss, the special counsel. Uh, he appeared uh, behind closed doors of the House Judiciary Committee. And I will tell you that David Weiss made it unequivocally clear to lawmakers Hunter Biden remains in legal jeopardy. There are other cases going on. In fact, David Weiss told them, I'm hiring more prosecutors to expand. So this is a, a moment where the Hunter Biden case, we might have thought, well, maybe the gun charges are all it's going to be. It looks like it may be uh, taxes and other charges on the horizon soon.
1: Wow. And uh, who was uh, the, uh, the the CPA that was doing the, uh, taxes and doing the, the uh who was he testifying in front of uh, congress or uh, the irs
8: well no he uh, we got a hold of the irs and fbi interview reports of this account his name is jeffrey gelfound and uh starting in 2021 the fbi and irs reached out to him they did two or three interviews they got some very very important evidence that made the irs agents and the prosecutors convinced they could bring a tax evasion case against hunter Biden. Uh, we were able to review these IRS memos of the interviews with the accountants. So he was cooperating with the IRS and the FBI. All
1: I can say is, wow. Uh, What else would you like to tell the American people? I mean, I think the American people,
8: all they want is what the truth is. What else is going on? That's right. Well, uh, an interesting development in New York in the Trump um, civil case. Uh, Elise Stefanik, member of Congress, Decided to get involved herself. She filed an ethics complaint against the judge, saying that he's shown too much bias to really be worthy of the bench. I'm sure the judge feels differently, but that's going to start a process of ethics review against the judge. That's getting a little bit of news. I think the big news in Washington. And which judge uh, is that? They filed,
1: uh, which judge did he file? Against? Did Chief? That, that's the
8: judge in the civil case, yeah, against the Trump in organization. The, so the ongoing case right now in New York. Yeah, in New York State here. Yeah. So that's a big one. Uh, and then, listen, I, I think Republicans thought, well, we got Mike Johnson. We're going to get on a new path. We're over our problems. Not so much. The House Republicans just bailed out for a long holiday weekend with less than a week to go before money runs out for funding the government. They can't get agreement on their spending bill. So the logjam that we had with Kevin McCarthy, it seems to be uh, building anew under the brand new speaker. We'll see if over the weekend there's some wheeling and dealing to get a deal done. But right now, House Republicans are struggling. To, uh, to get spending bills to the Senate so that they don't have to run out of money and don't have to do uh, more temporary spending uh, bills. But uh, all is not well on Capitol Hill this Friday. Understood. Uh, John
1: Solomon, you've been around Washington forever. Do you know Mike uh, Johnson? Because I don't know him, and a lot of New Yorkers have never met him and don't know him.
8: Yeah, listen, I think what you see on television is the real man. I've had a chance to interview him many times. He came on my show many times. Uh, he is velvet on the outside very soft-spoken very gentlemanly he's forged with steel on the inside this is a man that really his biblical beliefs his political beliefs he's not willing to compromise and he will play hardball uh so the outside demeanor of a nice guy when it comes to the negotiating table he's going to be pretty tough he's not going to bend the real question is can he get some unanimity in a house republican caucus that seems to have 30 ideas and none of them are in the same direction it uh the caucus just spins in a circle because there are 30 different views and none of them are really putting the sort of compromise that's needed to get you know, the budget bills done. That'll be a big challenge for him. I think if he gets to the point of negotiating with Democrats, he'll be a pretty tough negotiator right now. He's having a hard time well, wrestling his own cattle. John Solomon, thank you.
1: JustinNews.com and uh, uh, thank you for uh, getting the truth out and we'll catch up with you again real soon.
8: Thank you, John. Appreciate it.
1: Wow! wow. I mean, how, how, was,
2: how was in that FBI movie?
1: Somebody has to go to jail.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, they are clearly yeah. closing in on the Biden family. Well,
1: let's take let's take a break and we're going to come back with Larry Kudlow to find out how the heck is the economy doing?
0: A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
1: Well, with us this Friday afternoon is Larry Kudlow to tell us how the heck is the economy going? Larry,
9: what's going on? Well, um, today was an okay day. He had 400 points almost on the Dow, so be thankful for that. Uh... I saw Moody's downgraded the near-term outlook. I'm not sure what that means. They kept the AAA rating, but they downgraded the near-term outlook. I mean, look, at I, <laughs> I don't think any of that stuff matters, but look, at Joe Biden won't stop spending. I mean, basically, Biden and Schumer want two more omnibus spending bills, okay, with no pay-fors. One of them's for foreign aid supplemental. That's uh, Ukraine, Israel, uh, supposedly the border, and Taiwan. Again, they don't want any pay-fors. And then is the whole budget bill, which is on continuing resolution until next week. What is it? November 17th. And um, you don't know what's inside these bills, these mammoth bills. It's totally untransparent. The taxpayers don't know what's in these bills. And all they do is use them to cover up massive new amounts of spending. And I love it that they're attacking the new speaker, Mike Johnson. Johnson's the guy who wants regular order on the budget appropriations, number one. And number two, he wants uh, spending cuts. He wants offsets. He wants to cut a little bit out of the IRS expansion to pay for all this foreign aid. So, you know... This is kind of an old story. Bidenomics doesn't work. How's that?
1: Uh, Well, we, me, and you both agree to it. And uh, the Chinese and uh, uh, President Xi and uh, Biden are meeting next Wednesday. Uh, What do you think? What are they going to talk about?
9: Well, I'm worried about that meeting because Biden is soft, weak, and he has got to stand up for American trade policy for a pro-American. America first trade policy. China is not abiding by the phase one China trade deal that we put together in the Trump administration. And of course, China's foreign policy adventurism. I mean, look, China is financing Iran and Iran is financing Hamas. So go figure. Now, are they going to say anything about that? I don't know. I was reading Janet Yellen's meeting with the new Chinese economic minister. I I knew the old one, Liu Hei, very well. Uh, He's never mentioned trade, never mentioned massive. They're still running $350 billion trade deficits every year with the United States. They don't abide by the uh, deal. I I mean, I'm very concerned about this, John. Biden goes there in a position of weakness uh, in Ukraine. Uh, I'm glad he's supporting Uh, netanyahu and israel lord knows uh but he wants you know three days ceasefires and that is something that the israelis cannot do uh we're not fighting back the way we should we've had 50 hits on american military assets from iran and iran uh, terrorist proxies and all we do is lob a couple of missiles into some place in syria with unmanned ammunition uh, depots it doesn't make any sense Why doesn't America stand up? Why are we more afraid of Iran than Iran seems to be about us? So he goes there with weakness. And I don't like weakness. I like strength. I remember Trump met Xi at Mar-a-Lago in late 2017. And while they were having Trump's favorite dessert, chocolate cake, Trump bombed Syrian airports. Okay. And then said to Xi, President Xi, we just bombed Syrian airports. And that was a prelude, by the way, into bombing ISIS into oblivion in Syria. That's the kind of strength I'm looking for. And I think that's the kind of strength a lot of Americans are looking for. Don't worry about that. When when we're
1: dealing with bullies and when we're dealing with dictators, that's the only thing they know. Yes, that's correct. And the other thing I'm concerned about, then we're going to have to go to a break interest rates. All of a sudden, Powell is threatening again. And they. The real estate industry is in devastation. The banks are worried about their own existence. I mean, we don't need more interest rates. My opinion. Well,
9: <laughs> Powell, yeah, um, he left the door open for rate hikes next year. Look, the guy wants to get to a 2% target. I don't happen to think interest rate hikes are the best way to go about it. Uh, if you ask me, you want if you want to get inflation down to 2% or less, you could do two things lower marginal tax rates, and cut regulations on business. And then make sure you keep the money supply as low as possible. And and, and dig for more oil. More oil. John, I love that. Music to my ears. Drill, baby, drill. drill. (laughs) Thank you, Larry Kudlow. I'll be
1: listening to you on our number one show on WABC on on Saturday mornings, the Kudlow Show between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock. Uh, transmitting worldwide in this solar system. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thank B- you. By the way,
2: Larry, he missed the Milky Way. I just want to say that for the record.
1: <laughs> let's take. Let's take a. Uh, well, we're going to take a break, but first, I yeah, want to say happy birthday. The Marine hymn.
2: I think Governor Patterson wants to sing. You know the words, yeah, Governor. Right why? Why are we playing this? It is the Marines' birthday. They turn 248 today, and we love our Marines. We How love beautiful is that? It's their birthday and Veterans Day. Appropriate.
1: Right Come on, Gov. Here you go. We'll keep our country, our country free. free. Come on, Gov. To
0: win the the title of United States, States Marines. Go to You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matites and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Our next guest was the acting U.S. Attorney General uh, between Jeff Sessions and Bill Barr. Um, And there is so much news to talk about. We have the great acting Attorney General under President Trump, Matt Whitaker. Matt, really great to have you here on Katz and Cosby.
10: Uh, I'm glad we could finally put this together. I've been looking forward to joining you guys uh, uh, many times, and we finally were able to make it work for our schedule, so um, good to be with you and uh, celebrating the veterans today and thanking them for their service and sacrifices.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, thank you so much. We want to ask you also about the FBI headquarters, the move, but I, I want to ask you first um, about this big breaking news, Matt. Uh, that the FBI has seized New York City Mayor Eric Adams' electronic devices, uh, two cell phones and an iPad. It came after, you know, his key fundraiser, also uh, was v- visited very much so by the FBI earlier this week. What is it? How big of a deal is it that the FBI would go to, a, you know, a major uh, city mayor? I mean, this is the biggest city in the world. It's so high yeah. profile. And to take his devices, what does that mean, Matt?
10: Yeah, well, it's, it's probably a little early to tell, but it's certainly a big step in an investigation when you go to the possible target and take their electronic devices. You know, I, I have to just put a footnote here historically that it's, uh, it seems interesting it would happen after he, uh, started to, you know, take a stand against uh, Joe Biden's immigration policies. But, you know, we were promised that politics has nothing to do with the law enforcement agenda, uh, in America, but, you know, sometimes these things are just, uh, Seem awfully interesting to me.
2: Yeah, Matt, that's, I was going to ask you that. Look at the timing of this. He was taking on Joe Biden's immigration policies, critical, one of the few Democratic uh, leaders, I think almost anywhere who's been critical of it. And now suddenly this happens. Do you believe this is maybe uh, politically driven by the White House?
10: Yeah. Uh, we don't know yet, but obviously the, you know, there are l- limited resources that federal law enforcement has to focus their investigations. And so, you know, we're just going to have to see how significant, uh, you know, the allegations ultimately, if they're brought, come. But, you know, it is uh, still just, again, you know, if you think about how this administration, more than any other administration, seems to be very willing to go after their political enemies and opponents. Um, it's it's concerning. And, you know, people talk about the two-tier system of justice. He, he should have discussed it, it
1: with just, uh, you should have discussed it with Andrew Cuomo. I think the same thing happened to him.
10: Not only that, John, but you know, really, if you think about it, um, this is uh, this is such a prime example of where uh, you know politically uh, active people uh, that speak out and speak against this administration are you know are, are are visited you know visited by the IRS. They're visited by the FBI. They're you know it's, again, it is just hard to know because we don't know all the facts behind this, but this case uh, certainly sends a message to Mr. Adams, Mayor Adams, that you might want to be careful and you might want to just keep housing all those immigrants in those hotels and keep your mouth quiet.
2: Wow, what a sad testament uh, that is. Uh, You know, it's incredible, uh, but I think it's really revealing, Matt. Uh, Everybody, we are talking to Matt Whitaker, the former acting U.S. Attorney General. Uh, Judge Weinberg, you have a question for him. Mr. Attorney General,
4: it seems to me it's an interesting contrast between the speed they went after Adams with his search as opposed to what they did with uh, Hunter Biden and, uh, and Jim Biden. What do you think?
10: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think this, this Hunter Biden case, you know, we're, we're now um, within a year of the next election. And as soon as this, the Biden administration can, you know, sort of get that behind them. One way or another, win or lose, then they can, you know, pardon Hunter Biden uh, uh, even prospectively because, you know, that that case has moved so slowly. Statute of limitations have expired uh, on the most serious tax crimes, and you're right, they moved expeditiously uh, when they want to, but they seem to, especially in the Hunter Biden case and 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 the Biden family, they're moving very very slowly.
4: And it's very troubling to me the fact that Weiss allowed the statute of limitations to run on some of the most serious charges, those would might implicate the president. Explain of the Weisses too also. Weiss judge. was the US attorney before they made him special counsel. That's very, very troubling to me. Why didn't they get a waiver of the statute of limitations? I don't understand that.
10: I, I don't understand it either. Uh, and you know, my experience as a US attorney, I was a US attorney for five and a half years and uh, you under you knew when the statute of limitations were to run and to your point, you either got the an extension of those from the target of your investigation, or you brought the charges. Uh, you certainly didn't let the statute of limitations expire on the most serious case.
1: Governor Patterson, uh, you uh, you came in after Elliot Spitzer after they pushed him off the uh, the cliff. What say you?
3: Well, I think he helped himself off the cliff actually, but. Um... <laughs>
2: Right.
4: What,
3: was it? Catch him. what
2: was it, we we a client number nine uh, <laughs> with the black socks? Anyway, go yes.
3: ahead. Um, I think that uh, when I first heard the discussion about uh, Adams and his opposing the administration's policy, at first I didn't think that they would go that far with him. But then I remember that actually when Adams took the position that he took, Within that week, he was kicked off the president's reelection campaign committee. I was just and, thinking the same and, thing. And perhaps the fact that he's never changed his position and that president and that governor Hochul is now pretty much supporting his position. In other words, it's building, uh, with strength and numbers that, uh, something like this could happen. Uh, th- that would really be about the lowest way to attack a someone who disagrees with you and basically is dealing with a problem that you created, uh, it would really be sad if that's the case.
2: And you know what? Also, I want to add something uh, that we haven't talked about. Look at the timing. The day that Adams was on the way to the White House to supposed to meet with Joe Biden, turned out Biden didn't meet with the other mayors. Remember, that was sort of the plan. Um, And then... Uh, a, then the f- rate of the fundraiser. Inter- Believe in coincidence? Yeah, no, that made, isn't made, that made, interesting. Look made, at the timing.
1: And they waited for for Adams's airplane to take off.
2: Yeah, that he has to turn around. He finds out his fundraiser gets raided that morning. Uh, look, uh, you're right. Now a we lot of the, coincidences. I mean, we get to you. the
3: point where we're talking about Clay Bertram. I'm leaving the studio.
2: <laughs> go ahead, Matt.
10: <laughs> well, I, you know, I, let's go back to these. stories. Biden policies, you guys are living with it in New York, and New York City, and it is uh, ruinous. And the fact that Joe Biden, just mostly because he didn't like Donald Trump and his people didn't like Donald Trump, decided to undo all of the policies we had in place in the Trump administration to the detriment and the, and the safety of the American people. Uh, and then anybody that criticizes him is not only persona non gratis, but potentially a target for criminal uh, investigation. I mean, just shows you how while you know the left accuses uh trump and others of of wanting authoritarianism we are seeing it play out right now in the biden administration
2: and uh, matt before we let you go matt whitaker i want to also ask you sorry because this big breaking news happened about yeah. the relocation of the fbi headquarters this has been wild uh because of course christopher ray uh the current fbi director virginia officials they're very concerned Because apparently, obviously, they thought it was going there. Now there's word it's going to Maryland. They want it in Virginia. What do you know? This is an interesting story.
10: Well, this is an issue I actually worked a lot on uh, when I was a DOJ, both as chief of staff and as acting attorney general. And it was very convenient when you had to deal with the FBI, either for them to walk across the street, uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, or for you to walk across the street. I remember several times where I, I was, shuttled over to Christopher Ray's office to, you know, work on uh, some issues um, at the time. And I can't imagine putting them out in Greenbelt in Maryland, nor really, quite frankly, in Virginia. I thought the best idea was to do, you know, to keep them close to the Department of Justice. Because remember, one of the biggest challenges uh, with the FBI is, uh, you know, in, in the Trump administration was that they were nominally part of DOJ. And now, you know, they are you know uh, run by doj in the um and by the biden administration i think we just have to find that happy medium where there is a chain of command uh that works and at the same time that the fbi doesn't become this separate unaccountable unelected you know uh that you know of law enforcement that just does its own bidding depending on whatever the director wants independent of you know the chain of command all the way to the president all right
1: well, thank you Matt Whitaker, thank you so much. Thank you for everything you've done for our country. And uh, we'll catch up with you. We'd like to use you a little more often and uh, get your
2: name out here. Yeah, we love you, Matt. Thank you.
10: Let's do it. I love you guys. Uh, At some time, I'll come into the studio with you. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be
2: great. Great. Thank you, Matt, so much. Thank you, Matt. Have a great
1: weekend. And now I understand uh, we're going to have a gentleman Mm -hmm. that uh, his brother and his sister got uh, part of the... Uh, in Israel, part of the, when they were, the, the Hamas say, attacked. At the, the, at the music festival. Well, why don't festival? we get him on the phone? And yep, he'll tell him. us the story.
2: Let him tell us the story. In fact, we do have him right now, John. Uh, Gal Gilboa Dalal. He was at the music festival with his brother. And, uh, Gal, I understand, um, you're joining us now. Um, please, if you could share the story of what happened with you and your brother at the music festival there in Israel.
6: Yes, of course. Hey, everyone. And thank you for having me. Um so my brother, his name is Guy, and he's 22 years old. He's my baby brother. I'm 29 years old. And this was his first festival, uh, actually his first spiritual festival. Now, Nova is a festival. Uh, is a big festival that uh, we knew about it a few months ahead. And he was so excited to go there. He was waiting for it in, uh, with his friends for like four months. He prepared for it. And uh, he really wanted me to go with him. I, I didn't plan to, to go to this festival, but I went there because he wanted me to. Um, and I wanted to watch over him and to be part of his experience of uh, his first festival. How did um, you get
1: away? And How did you get away?
6: Um, see... We didn't arrive on the same cars. He went with his friends. He went with his three best friends, and I joined them later. I arrived there at six fifteen, which is which was uh, fifteen minutes before the the siren started.
2: Oh my gosh! Uh, so how yeah, did you, how did and, you find out what happened to your brother? Um, how did you find out he was sadly taken hostage? And it's your younger brother. I understand.
6: You know, uh, when the siren started, we um. We, uh, we figured we should leave as soon as we can. So we went to our cars, each uh, each to his car. And now, because everyone was trying to get on the same time, uh, we were stuck on different places when the gunshot started, and there was massive rounds shooting. And so I couldn't get near him, and I couldn't get back to him, and we had to run car, uh, for covers. Um, and it took them like seven and a half hours, almost eight hours until the the army um, and the police could come and rescue us. And I found out after I left uh, um, that he was kidnapped and that that, uh, there is a hostage video of him that was published two and a half hours before I could even get rescued from there. Oh, Um, my my goodness. uh, My parents knew that my brother is a hostage while I was still at the war zone. And they didn't tell me, um, so I will not be worried. Um, so I can get out myself.
2: What do you want people to know, um, Gal, about your brother? And also, obviously, we are praying for you and your family that your brother comes back safely.
6: You know, um, first of all, I wanted to, I wanted you to know my brother was kidnapped along with his best childhood friend. Uh, but instead, but besides of them, um, they were with uh, two other friends that they were murdered. Um, two of his friends were murdered, probably in front of his eyes before. Uh, he was taken hostage. And I want you to know that my brother and his friends and everyone who went to this festival, they are free spirit people. They are people who went there to celebrate life, and peace and love. these kind of people have the slogan, Arabs and Jews are refusing to be enemies in the profile pictures. These are the most loving people I ever knew. My brother, uh, my brother he's, he likes the same movies and the shows as I do. Um, he's my best friend i love him so much i want people to know that the people that were kidnapped are are real they, they are real people and they are so uh, innocent and so 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 believe in peace and love Um they are they, they are just the best of the best wow thank you. and i thank miss you. my brother so much i just miss him so much and i want him home i want him as soon as possible yeah, and i know that you are will, will you i keep know us? That you are, have a big influence and I need your support and your help. That's Thank what I'm here will with you.
1: Today. Will you keep Rabbi Potashnik and and uh, you know informed?
2: And he's keep the one us that posted, he please. works for
1: WABC here. And keep him informed, and he'll keep us informed. And and we pray, we will pray for your brother.
2: And we'll keep the pressure up too, and let people know that beautiful people like your brother are there, uh, being held, and that we pray they come home soon and safe.
6: Thank you so Thank much. You I you so appreciate much.
2: it a lot. Wow. That's, wow. Uh, oh, it hard is so heartbreaking.
6: And,
1: and, and Judge, one of our uh, wow. listeners uh, uh, wanted to remind us all about this. This is the anniversary of Kristallnacht. Tell, oh, tell yeah. people about Kristallnacht.
4: Kristallnacht was a night when uh, the German hordes, led by the German intellectuals, started breaking into and setting fire to Jewish stores, Jewish businesses, Jewish synagogues. It was the beginning of the Holocaust. So if you want to have the date... When the Holocaust really began, they were passing all this anti-Jewish laws in Nazi Germany. It was the lead-up. So they started passing anti-Jewish laws, and then they started the violence in the streets. And what's troubling is that was in the 1930s. And now, if you walk out in the streets of New York or in, in Europe, and, and in at what China, point? it's happening Judge, all over again. At what
1: point did they start taking the, the guns away from them in their homes? Very,
4: very early, very early up in the 1933. In the first, right.
1: All right, so all of you people, you know, when they want to take away your guns, there's a purpose in it.
4: Yeah, and especially as right you want, now, as John, John it's a scary as time. As you and Rita have pointed out and before, I every dictatorship has
1: done that. Every dictatorship. Mao Tse Tung did it in 1949. Stalin, Stalin. Stalin did it in the 1920s. Hitler and Hitler.
2: Okay. Uh, Let's take the break. And when we come back, we've got Kimberly Strassel, who's going to talk about Biden, Iran, uh, and also what is going on with U.S. policy or lack thereof in the Middle East. Let's take that break.
0: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby and joining us now is Wall Street Journal editorial board member and great columnist, Kimberly Strassel. Uh, Kim, you know, uh, before we get to like the debates and all that, I want to get your thoughts about what is going on with President Biden and Iran. There has now been 47 attacks on U.S. bases and the best we've done is hit some empty warehouses. I mean, what is going on with our president?
11: I think it's timidity. It's the same we see him doing in every other area of the globe. I mean, if you think about it, the only places where he has ever been proactive are those where his hands have been forced, whether it was Russia and Ukraine or whether now Israel, uh, any other situation. Look what happened in Afghanistan. His... Uh, original idea was to cut and run he does not want to be involved in the globe and he does not want to be involved in any conflict and that is why iran is walking all over us and why china is walking all over us
2: yeah that's for sure you know also what what do you make of uh, do you see secretary blinken came out and said well there's been too many killings of palestinians and he seems at every turn you know condemning Israel, then they also pushed them into these temporary pauses. I mean, I mean, how how are you going to fight a war with one hand tied behind your back and it's publicly tied behind your back?
11: Yeah, I'm extremely worried about this, Rita. And here's why is that, uh, look, I think the President Biden, when he came out, his support for Israel was initially admirable. But what we've seen is as these protests in the United States have grown, as his progressive left Blank has condemned him for his Israel support as the White House has been looking at these internal domestic polls, for instance, about losing support in Michigan. I think the, the president is under stress and pressure, and I have been very concerned that you see exactly this begin to happen, that Blinken and the administration will begin to put more focus on uh, pushing Israel to engage in pauses or it, it step back in some way.
2: Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's just shameful in the debate that took place the other night. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy was asked about Israel and his answer was, well, Israel can take care of their southern border. We'll take care of our southern border. Uh, you wrote a column about isolationism and the, and the, and the contrast between uh, Vivek and Nikki Haley. Your thoughts?
11: Yeah, I'm very concerned about this too and this faction of the Republican party. The leadership or leaders, putative leaders in the party that are adopting what is essentially a 1930s style isolationism. And Vivek is the purest expression of that. I think you see it in other people playing footsie with it at the moment, but he has doubled down on it. And this is where you get. He couldn't even bring himself to announce full-fledged support for Israel, one of our nearest and dearest allies. And that was saying something because uh, even those that have been playing footsie in this have been a little bit more careful. They've, They've tried to take a position on Ukraine, but continue to suggest they're still all in on Israel. But this is where you end up, where Vivek Ramaswamy is. And what's frightening to me about this in terms of leadership is, look, the American public, we've all done this a long time. There's a natural inclination to pull in, care more about domestic things, try to let the rest of the world do what it's doing, not be involved. And it takes leadership to remind Americans that the world's problems will ultimately become ours. That was the lesson of 1930s isolationism. And and I don't know how much better the situation would have been if we'd been engaged, but I doubt very much it would have involved the the pain and sacrifice that we saw the full-on World War II if we'd been more engaged. You're right.
2: Uh, And everybody, we're talking to Kim Strassel, Wall Street Journal editorial board member, columnist, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Kim, good to talk to you again.
4: I'll tell you what troubles me is everybody seems to think that this is just about Israel and Hamas. They don't see the larger picture that this is about Russia and Ukraine. This is about uh, China and Taiwan. This is about totalitarianism and the axis of evil getting together. We're at the weakest we've been
11: in, in my lifetime, Kim. And I think... Oh, I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Judge. And this is why... I liked and praised Nikki Haley for her performance because she did try to spell that out up on the stage. She talked about the unholy alliance. She pointed out that Iran and China are actively supporting Russia in its endeavors in Ukraine. Um, and they're watching what Biden is doing as well here too and how Israel fares in this war. I mean, China is salivating over the prospect of invading Taiwan, and all it will take is more messages that America is not going to step up for it to be emboldened to do so. And we're seeing a global disorder that we've not seen in my lifetime, your lifetime, and right now I worry we do not have the leadership to confront that. This a death, uh, came of the, the Pax Americana, which gave
4: us – general peace throughout the world. And with that death, you're going to have somebody else coming
11: in to have world domination. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, again, I say it all the time, but Reagan's mantra, peace through strength, um, a strong America creates a globe that overall is more peaceful and leads to fewer problems for America. But once we signal weakness, once we signal uh, a lack of interest or withdrawal within our own borders, that's when all hell breaks loose. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And you know, Kim, it, there is, you talk about this sort of lack of like moral leadership. To me, it's very clear. It's black and white. There's not a lot of gray. Either you're with terrorists. Or you're against terrorists. Um, but yet it seems like even some of our colleagues in the media, Kim, I mean, there was a story. I don't know if you saw this. The Washington Post removed a cartoon. It had a Hamas guy with, uh, Israeli strapped to him, like, and it said human shield talking about what they're doing, putting some of the good Palestinians in between the bombs. And then they got, they got backlash saying they were uh, like racist for putting this out. It was mean to the Hamas
11: and they pulled the cartoon. You can't make it up, Kim. Oh well, I've seen other leading publications seeking to explain that some people—let me put that in quote marks—some people say that "from the river to the sea" it is a, a, a horrible racist, anti-Semitic remark. It's not some people. That phrase calls for the eradication of Jews in the Jewish homeland. Tlaib says uh, as it's aspirational. By the way is United Nations. Rashida uh, Tlaib says no it's aspirational. That's right. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And I'm really glad you used the word moral because we're having a lot of discussion right now about the Democratic Party and the infighting in the Democratic Party over this. This is not a question of politics. The question I have for Democratic leaders is how they can tolerate from a moral perspective anyone who is using such a phrase or calling for a ceasefire at the moment.
3: Governor Patterson, anything? Well, I couldn't agree more. The uh, you, you, When you have situations like that, ask the victim, don't ask the perpetrator.
11: Exactly. No, I couldn't agree more. I, and I don't know why we're asking. Now we have these new stories about freelancers who were supposedly embedded or at least one as part of the Hamas assault um and you know media organizations using those people nonetheless it's very disturbing really disturbing.
2: kim Strassel, you got to come back on we always love having you here on the show thank you kim can't wait thanks thank you kim so much wow what what a show and what a week you guys what a
1: show what a week
3: week week we is
1: delimited- the show over
2: Show's <laughs> over. I mean, you can you still can sing stay there. We can sing.
1: I mean, no.
3: You know, so we, can, we can order in some pizza. We, we have to do another. Well,
1: Frank Morano, find out where he orders pizza from.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, we'll bring it
1: in for the uh, uh, governor. He deserves it. Thank <laughs> you. And guys, have a great weekend. I pray for our city. I pray for our state. I pray for our country. And what do we all the world? And what
2: do we all stand for, guys? Truth, Truth. Truth. Justice, 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 and the American, American way.
1: Life.
9: God bless America.